It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another episode of Talk Smart with Pew. That's you. I'm a cut. Yes, it's me. <laughs> that's definitely Joe Pugh. That's definitely the the man they call the Pugmeister himself. Um, Joe, uh, good fights last night. Um, we had Sonny Edwards defending his IBF flyweight crown in London. Then uh, over to Madison Square Garden, we saw Josh Taylor and Teofimo Lopez uh, in the early hours of this morning, which uh, I set my alarm for three o'clock this morning, got up and watched it. Um, so, yeah, uh, I mean... Where do you want to start? I think we've got to start with Taylor Teo. It was a massive fight. I was so looking forward to it beforehand. It's, it's really got me this one because back in probably 2019, 2020, as they were both kind of Teo was coming up, Taylor just won the World Boxing Super Series, just beat Regis Progray, and then moving towards that Ramirez fight. They was probably two of my favourite fighters. They were, I absolutely loved them at the time when Tio obviously beat Richard Comey, then he beat Loma. I absolutely loved them. And then over the past year, it's probably not been either of them's best year after what happened with Josh Taylor in the Jack Catterall fight. And then obviously Tio, he took the loss to Cambosas. Many people say the Sandor Martin fight wasn't his best performance. But Last night, I think we saw the return of Tio, and he was absolutely sensational, I thought. What did you think, Andy? Well, Joe, I'm going to be honest. Obviously, it's hard for me <clears throat> in the job when yeah. they have an unbiased, sitting fence opinion on somebody that, especially well, somebody like Josh Taylor, who's a good friend of mine. Everybody knows that. Uh, I've known Josh since he was a, a very young man coming into the gym, boxing out of lock-in gym with myself. We used to train together. So I've seen him win Scottish titles as an amateur. I've seen him in 2010 pick up a silver medal in the Commonwealth Games out in Delhi. Then in 2014 win a, a Commonwealth gold in Glasgow. I've seen him at the Olympics. Um, do you know what I mean? So I've, I've seen him do all these sort of things. So it's hard for me to, that knows somebody so personally to have that unbiased opinion. And, it, and I'm, it's, 
it is hard in this job because we are meant to have an unbiased opinion, but I think with Josh, it's an exception for me. But looking at the fight last night, yeah, I just thought that Josh had probably won maybe the, the, the three out of the first four rounds. I think he was just a little bit more on the front foot, a little bit more busier. But then in the middle rounds, maybe Josh, I don't know if he started to tie or whatever it was, but Teal started to come into it a little bit more and he got a little bit of swagger. And when you give Teal that confidence and that swagger, he starts to enjoy himself and he gets in a little flow. And I think that's what's happened last night. But again, look, going on Josh's last two two fights, um, I think that maybe the weight the weight at 140s is, is taking his legs from him a little bit. I know he made the weight comfortable this time around. It's a piece of cake, but still, it's still taking something from you, these weights class. If you look at the Prograve fight, the Baranchik fight, the Postal fight, Josh has got that bap, bap, bap. He's got that speed, that snap. Do you know what I mean? His legs are fast because, believe it or not, Josh didn't start boxing until he was 16, 17. He was doing taekwondo um, up until that age. So that's why sometimes you see him bouncing and out because he's got that good sort of, that good base. I just think his last two fights, maybe, has it been two fights too much, too long, uh, too many at 140? Um, I'm just going on what I saw. But uh, what I will say as well is I put it on my post on my Instagram that Listen, Josh is a legend in my eyes. I mean, he brought big-time boxing back to Scotland. He revived Scottish boxing when there's nothing up here. There's no media. There's no big-time promoters up here. Um, I mean, you need to go on. Sean, Sean Lazzarini's the Commonwealth Games gold medalist at light heavyweight. And the the two fighters that won silver and bronze, the English and the Welsh kid, have all been picked up. But Sean Lazzarini, not one big promoter came in for him. So I'm not saying as a biased, I'll probably get ripped for that. But I'm just saying it's hard for our fighters to get a little bit of notice yeah. up here. But Josh, he 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 done it, man. I mean, his fifteenth fight, he was a world champion. Uh, undisputed in what seventeen fights, he was undisputed. It was the night eighteen fights, he was the undisputed champion. So you give the man credit for what he's done in the sport. But for me, last night, I just man, it was just, I just feel like Josh on his day, the pro grade Josh, the Branchick Josh, the Postal Josh, beats anyone. I just think that maybe it's maybe a fight too many. At, at 140, and he even said it last night on Sky Sports. I saw with Andy Scott was he's probably going to move up to 147, and I think that extra seven pounds on Josh will give him that little bit more, that bouncing his step again, that snapping his punch. And I think uh, with Spence Crawford, then one of them becoming undisputed, probably then belts become fragmented. They will just go everywhere. They will scatter yeah. again, and hopefully, for me personally, again, I'm, I'm biased. I want to go and see. I want Josh to go on and become a two weight world champion. Uh, sorry for being biased, Joe, but that's just that's just me. No, I, I'd love Josh to become a two weight world champion. I think a lot of people have forgotten that he was an undisputed champion. Like he just because of kind of recent events. Obviously, recency bias always comes into play. He, he is a legend because he's an undisputed champion. He's the only person from Britain to ever do it uh, in the four belt era. Yeah, in the four belt era. So <clears throat> I'd love him to move up to 147. I think you're right. The belts will become fragmented. There's some great fights in the 147 pound division, welterweight division. Uh, like, see him coming up against the young guns like Jaron Ennis, Virgil Ortiz. I know they're tough fights, they're really tough fights. But Josh is going to need to mix it in with those because Josh hasn't got that long left in his career. Probably not. He's 32, so, so yeah, you're probably right. Maybe three, four years left. 
Yeah. So he needs to step up, get in there, and have some exciting fights because the one thing that I loved about Josh, he was always in exciting fights. He was always give thorough entertainment. I was at the Pro Grey fight and it was absolutely phenomenal. That fight is one of the best fights I've ever seen live. And he just brought it. And he, he mm. did have kind of the weight of Scotland on his shoulders. He carried Jews into this kind of... We, look, he took Scottish boxing to Madison Square Gardens last night. He took yeah. it to Las Vegas for the Undisputed. He was... He was still is a legend in my eyes, and hopefully, hopefully, we get to see him become a two weight world champion. I just want to touch on that as well because, again, you mentioned that he, he carries the weight of Scotland on his shoulders. Which, if you look at Scottish <clears> boxing, <throat> we only have like one one fighter generational. I mean, you go to Ken Buchanan, yeah. Jim Watt, uh, what we're talking, Scott Harrison, uh, Alex Arthur, Ricky Burns, then Josh Taylor. We don't have a cluster of four or five fighters that maybe take the pressure of somebody. It's always been that one fighter carrying the weight on one on their shoulders, which is which for me. I, I've always said it's Josh Taylor, and then there'll be another guy after Josh Taylor, and then there'll be another guy, but there won't be two or three or four. So I'm sort of hoping that at some stage in the near future that Scotland can have two or three guys at the top of the game, and it takes the pressure of each one of them. Do you know what I mean? I think. There is pressure because you are the sole fighter. You're carrying the flag. We need the fights up here. That hydro needs sold out. Um, but you mentioned there, I want to go pick up a point, going back to what you said there was, it is like, what have you done for me lately type of sport? You're only as good as your last fight. Mm. Now, Teal, you talked about the Sandor, Sandor Martin fight. People were saying, Teal's crap. He's passed it. He's lost it. Da, 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 da. And then oh. the same people last night, I've seen say, the same people last night saying, oh, Teal's special. Teal is this. Teal is a special, special fighter. But last fight, you weren't saying that. Do you know what I mean? So you are only as good as your last fight. And I think that Josh goes and goes and uh, enjoys some time with his friends and family, go on a holiday, come back, and just attack that 147-pound division. Get that, that that snappy Josh. I think with Joe, Joe Mack and Deco down, he's, in a, he's got a good team behind him. He's in a very, very, very good gym down there. So, And I think that, I know I don't want to make excuses for him, but he, there were 16 months out the ring. All right, and the the first fight you have with your new coach is against somebody like Teofimo Lopez at Madison Square Garden. I mean, I don't. I, I'm I probably I'm making excuses, but I shouldn't. But it, ah. it, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. It's you can't take nothing away from Teo. I'm not taking anything away from Teofimo Lopez. Right, he done what he needed to do. Um, he, he he brought it to Josh. He was after that. Like I said, the middle rounds you started to come into it a little bit. Um. And that's probably what won him the fight is getting that sort of momentum when Josh started to slow down. Uh, but again, Teofimo Lopez, he's moved, look what he'd done. He he was undisputed down at lightweight, then he moved up to to one forty. Had a couple of fights at one forty, really. The Sandon Martin fight, then he started questioning himself, and then now he's a world champion. So, I mean, he's he's younger than Josh, but can Josh do it at one four seven? Do you think? Do you think that if he moves up to one four seven, he can get a a good top? maybe top 15, top 10 ranked fighter, get a win and then push on and probably get one of these uh, vacant belts if Spence and Crawford vacate, that is. Yeah, I think with Josh, I don't know what his contract is. He's like with top rank. I'm assuming he's still got some fights left with Mm. top rank, but hopefully they'll make the fights. Um, he need. I think he does need to get in there with a top 15 guy straight away. Someone like Josh can't really step back. No. He's been there, done it. He's worn the t-shirt. I think 
he, he openly admitted with the Jack Carroll fight, he was struggling to get motivated. So he needs to be motivated for a big fight. And I just want to mention what you said about the 16 months out of the ring. Yep, take time, have a break with your family, but get back in that gym, mm. focus. You're now the challenger. You need to come back and you need to be more active. I know a lot of fighters right now are not as active as they should be. I don't know why that is. I don't don't know whether it's their fault. I don't know whether it's a promoter's fault. I don't know whether there's not enough money, but fighters need to be active because if they're not active, we're not seeing the best version of them. Um, Yes, I, 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 I totally agree, and I think 16 months out of the ring, um, I think even Jack Carroll had the same amount of months out of the ring as well, just 15 months or whatever it was, and he yeah. said that it was good to get the, the cobwebs off. And I know that Josh said that he, uh, during fight week, he says he doesn't believe in ring rust because you obviously if you get high-level sparring, then then you won't get ring rust. But I think I think sparring and, and having a fight, a sparring is an enclosed area with six or seven people in the gym with a head guard mm-hmm. and six-ounce gloves on. A fight is small eight-ounce gloves on with thousands, millions of people watching on TV, thousands of people in the arena cheering, booing, the ring walk, the lights. So there is a little bit to that. And I think that, that maybe 16 months out of the ring played a small part in it. But again... Teofimo Lopez did what Teofimo Lopez needed to do. Um, and he, he got the nod. Uh, but listen, great fight. And again, I'm a biased jock. Um, I love to see my my, my countrymen do, do well in the sport that I love. And I ain't going to hide from that fact. And I never will. Um, especially somebody like Josh, who, who's a friend of mine and I'm a fan of. And um, I just, like I said, I hope he comes back. 147, that extra half a stone Maybe he gets that snap, bow, 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 that speed back, that power back, and there's no, there's no sort of like, I don't know if he's drained. I don't think he is drained. I just think maybe one or two fights too long down at 140. But that's just my opinion, and I think that if he gets that, old, we get that old Josh Taylor back, 147 pound division uh, is is there. Then belts become vacant, and I love nothing more. I would love nothing more than Josh to become a two weight world champion. I completely agree with every word you say, apart from being a biased jock, because I'm uh, <laughs> the opposite the opposite end of the British Isles there, Andy. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I completely echo those words, mate. Hey, listen, obviously, Sonny Edwards as well had a fight last night. Um, I don't want to go on too much about Josh, because it will look like I'm a biased jock, and we do have to talk about other fights that happened uh, last Good. night. But Sonny Edwards does what Sonny Edwards does. I suppose that's probably the best way to de- describe it. And I, I remember speaking to Sonny in Sheffield when he had a fight in Sheffield. Was it his last fight? I think it was his last fight against Alvarado. Um, and, but during the fight, we were talking and I said, uh, Sonny, it's almost a safe bet to put Sonny Edwards' comfortable points win because that seems to be the, the norm with you. And he said, that points win. Yeah. So even Sonny admits that he's, he might not knock you out, but he's going to embarrass you for for 12 rounds or make you look silly for 12 rounds and win comfortably. So, yeah, I think Sonny Edwards did what Sonny Edwards did, does. Yeah, he did. I think at some point he chose to engage, which was a little bit different. Mm -hmm. He did show us a little bit of a different side. I don't know whether he was told to do that, maybe to try and entice the other world champions in for a unification fight next. I know Eddie kind of mentioned that after the fight. But... When he wanted to, when he wanted to, Sonny does what he does. Yeah, and that's box. Run rings around you all night. 
probably make those 12 rounds for the opponents feel like 12 hours <laughs> and just just literally you you probably said it right embarrass you and at, at times he did last night I, I, we was talking on uh, the shot the York Hall show on Friday the BT one about when he beat Mithalani for the world championship mm-hmm. uh, for that world title and um he he made that world champion who I think was reigning for eight years look like a novice kind of thing. And I think Sonny Edwards is probably one of the most underrated world champions there is out there because we don't really see him in tricky fights. Mm. We don't see that happen. And I really can't wait for the unification fights now because Eddie Hearn seems confident it's going to happen. He signed Sonny Edwards in order for that to happen, he wants an undisputed champion within the next 12 to 18 months. So, Eddie, put your money where your mouth is, m- mouth is and let's make it happen. Yeah, Eddie, put your money where your mouth is, says Joe. Um, <laughs> I think the Bam Rodriguez fight, I think Sonny, I mean, he's made no bones about it that he wants these unification fights. He wants these champions. And I think the Bam Rodriguez fight is probably the fight that um, interests me the most. And, and I'll tell you why. is because... Sonny does go up against the ropes and he's comfortable up against the ropes. He really is, right? And he can ride shots. But sometimes, I've seen even against the last night against Campos there, he landed a couple of good shots on Sonny and Sonny rode them quite well. Even though they connected, Sonny took the shot. So Sonny can take a shot down at flyweight as well. Yeah. But with Bam Rodriguez, he's one of them flyweights that has a high knockout ratio. Campos only had like three, yeah. four knockouts. A lot of these flyweights don't have a lot of knockouts, but Bam Rodriguez is well over, what, 60% knockout ratio. So even when Bam is hitting you on them arms, blocking them shots, and you're hit, he's hitting you in the hip and the, the arms and the, the, the forearms, the shoulders, um, can Sonny withstand that? And that's probably the intriguing part, I think, is when you've got somebody that hits as hard as Bam against somebody as skillful who's on the ropes as Sonny. Um, it's, can, is is Bam, uh, Bam Rodriguez the one to to break through the Sonny Edwards defence? I think that's the question. It is the question, and that is the most appetising fight there is in that weight division. Um, do you save that for providing it all goes the right way with the other champions? Do you save yeah. that as kind of a final? Because it is the most enticing one, or do you go straight for it? I don't know what route they're looking to go down, but Bam is the fighter that kind of creates question marks for me because he's a, he's a pressure fighter, he's a power fighter, he will come forward and he's young, he's hungry and he won't like how Sonny Edwards fights. Mm. And when someone doesn't like that, the way it happens, obviously no fighter wants to be fighting someone like that. It can either go one or two ways. You can either flourish and break it or you can just be frustrated all night. And that's the intriguing part for that fight. Yeah, and that's what Sonny does. He frustrates you. So you can look at even Alvarado and Campos last night. That You can see them coming into that seventh. The middle rounds again is they're getting frustrated because even though they're throwing a lot of shots, Sonny's hands down, rolling them, rolling under. And then he does this with his arms. You know what I mean? When he pulls off the ropes, he lets them miss. And um, yeah. I think he frustrates you. And then it just de- deviates you from your game plan because you start just crossing your legs over, trying to get in close, trying to get them big power shots off. And 
I think that's that's the good thing. And has Bam got the mentality at twenty? What is he? Twenty two years old, Bam Rodriguez. He has might he just turned twenty three, but around that age. Is he yeah. twenty three years old? Um, has he got the sort of the composure at that age to not get frustrated when Sonny when you miss your big power shots and Sonny's on the ropes and you can't hit him? Um, a twenty two year old fighter with only eighteen or so fights. Has he got the maturity to stay calm, cool and collected and wait for his opportunity? Because, like I say, Sonny does get hit. He, he does come away with marks and that. So, But he can yeah. take a shot. He does take a shot quite well. Um, even though he's probably, if you think about 100 punches, that the fighter maybe one lands against Sonny because he's, he is that skillful and that elusive. But again, like I said to you, that Bam Rodriguez, he can hit down at that flyweight division, down at that, that lower weight class. So um, it's intriguing. And I think... We spoke about the undisputed, and I think we spoke about it last week. On last week's show, was there's a lot of emphasis now on these undisputed fights, and I like it. There should only be one guy in the division. There should only be one guy in the division. Four world champions, I think, in one division is ridiculous. So I think the emphasis is to get this undisputed guy, find out who it is, and then when the mandatory start coming, nine times out of ten, the fighter even moves up a weight class to dom- try and do that, try and dominate the other weight class. We're probably going to see it with Josh. He's going to move up. Charles will probably move up. Uh, I don't know what sort of like Canelo will do. He's he's down at super middleweight, but he's fought at light heavy. He might move up and make him another assault up there. Anui's moved up. He's vacated all his bantamweight titles. So Usyk, yeah. he moved up after he won a dispute down at cruiserweight. He's now a heavyweight. So I think Sonny becomes undisputed down at flyweight. If, if that's the case, move up to super flyweight and then we can find out who the number one guy is again. And then it's sort of like, I think that's the best way to go about it. Get the champions to fight each other, find out who the number one guy is, and then that's just easy. It's, it's all right being a world champion in the division, but there's three other guys there that will call themselves world champions in the division. Fight, fight them and find out who the number one dog is. Fight them. Just get it on. I know, again, we know in the sport, Joe, it's it's a business as well as a sport, and it's probably more of a business now than it is a sport boxing. But uh, I think when... After Tank Garcia and Spence Crawford, I think these fights can be made now a little bit easier. Yeah, I think you've only got to look at it. I think it was kind of before before either Canelo or Josh Taylor, there was only five undisputed champions in the four belt era. Now we look, Josh Taylor, um, Canelo, Charlo, they're all starting to come forward and there's a pattern there. Mm. People are realising that everyone's got to fight each other. I think in the modern day age with the social media, the power of social media, the power that the fans have, the voice that fans have, it's not acceptable Mm. for these fighters not to fight each other. I think back in the day when you had your boxing news, you had your boxing monthly, you had your ring magazine, fans couldn't really engage. Fans couldn't make their voices heard. And now there's nowhere to look. Think about a media day when we're there, Andy. Like, how many interviews does, say, Eddie Earn do? Say, 20, 20 at a press conference. Mm-hmm. He knows that every single one of those 20 interviews will get asked about making fights. Mm-hmm. The pressure is on. There's nowhere to go. Fights have to be made. And that is why I think we're slowly starting to see them. Great examples. Tank Garcia, Spence Crawford. To be fair, when you look at it and say, if we said at the start of this year we'd have both of them fights, we'd be rubbing our hands together. So it's important not for us to get too greedy because 
We're, we're getting some great fights last night with Tio and Taylor. It's a great, another great example. But let's keep them going. All weight divisions, we want to see the biggest fights. Well, that definitely. And I think that, again, we spoke about last last week as well, that this year's been good for fights. It's been good. So yeah. I know as boxing fans, we're, we're hungry for more. We want more. But we've got to sit back and think, you know what? 2023, we're in June. Hasn't been too bad when you look at the fights that we've had and, and getting made. I mean, even Cam Smith fighting Bertie Biev in August is a great fight. So it's it's not like we're not getting the fights. We are. But as you can tell by me and you talking about it, we want more. We want more because I think yeah. over the last maybe 10, 15 years, probably you were just a baby, but 10, 15 years for me is when the fights weren't getting made and a lot of people's egos were getting involved. And again, world champions were happy to be world champions and not fight each other. But I, again, I'm I'm loving it uh, that we've got some good fights uh, coming up this year and we've had some great, great fights. So uh, long may it continue. But again, no doubt that me and you will have something to complain about, Joe. As always. <laughs> There's always something to complain about, mate. There's always something to complain about. Just want to give a quick mention to the other, uh, the female world title fights last mm-hmm. night. Um, first of all, Nina Hughes, who's uh, kind of from my area. My age? Say, uh, well, there's hope she, for me yet. She's 40. I know. Hope for me yet. I'm going to make a comeback, Joe. There we go. There we go. She she's actually uh she actually went to school with my stepmom, which is uh oh, wow. which is strange. Like I think they was either in the same year or maybe just a year below, which is okay, now, now you're making me feel old. I know. <laughs> but um yeah, so <laughs> let's see her in a unification. I'd love to see her against Ebony Bridges because it's kind of the polar opposites in character. Um I'd, I'd really like to see that. And then Ellie Scott Nishi done it uh, just uh, a couple weeks after it was planned in in Dublin. We knew how all that played out, but she's now a world champion. And now let's see her in big fights. It was, it, it was a good night of boxing. Uh, mm. It's not the busiest of months, June, for boxing. Uh, but it was a solid, solid week. And let's hopefully see some more of those, Andrew. Definitely. I, I agree. Like I said, June's quite a quiet month. Because um, obviously Josh Kelly has now been pushed back to July as well. So um, yes, and we've got obviously first of July fights. We've got the Manchester and Sheffield first of July, Sky Sports and the Zone shows on the first of July. So yeah, June's quite quiet. But listen, hopefully boxing's always got a news story coming up. Whether it be fights being made, fights being cancelled, fights getting this, fighters that, fighters signing with this. So there's always something to talk about within this within the sport, and that's why we love it, Joe. So on that note. Um, it was raining this morning in Scotland, but the sun has come out and I'm going to go down the river with my dog and my kids. So you've got them shades on. No doubt you'll be enjoying that sun down there. I wish it was raining here. It's too hot here. It's too hot. It is absolutely boring. You probably see the sweat off my head. Yep. But yeah, I'll have a little, I'll have a little sunbathe before I go out this afternoon and uh, hopefully we'll enjoy our Sundays and we'll be back with you next week with some more Talk Smart with Pew and McCart. Where can they find us, Joe? Where can they find us? Oh, they can find us absolutely everywhere. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, IFL TV. You know where it's at. Sunday night, nothing better to do. Switch the pod on. Switch the pod on. Joe, well done, my man. Listen, I'll speak to you next week, my man. Enjoy your Sunday. And until then, peace out, brother. Peace out. See you soon, mate. Thank you, Joe. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.